Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast. My name is Lauren Lombardo and I'm a current student at the College of New Jersey. Um, Today I just wanted to talk about certain policies that affect gender and sexuality. I feel that more and more people today are experiencing an increased vocabulary and a better mindset for LGBTQ plus identities and experiences, but more importantly, I think we're far from deconstructing some of the harmful gender and sexuality binaries. And also, we're far from deconstructing some of the harmful normativities, such as heteronormativity and cisgender normativity. And these need to be addressed because they influence policies that really restrict some people and ultimately strip them from a sense of belonging. Today, I want to expose a recent and real event where gender and sexuality diverse people faced unnecessary hardship. And I just want to reveal that inclusivity is really important across all settings. All right, so it is currently April, which means that it's starting to get uh, warmer out and, you know, it's starting to feel and look like spring. And those are signs that returning TCNJ students and just students uh, around all bunch of college campuses that they're uh, getting ready to prepare for next semester, including, you know, academic plans and just housing arrangements. So my three friends and I all wanted to live together either on Campus Town or in TCNJ's campus um, on campus. And um, after the experiences we faced, I believe that campus really needs to improve their housing application process and just dynamic of housing arrangements. They need to steer away from categorizing um, binary genders and overall be more inclusive to transgender and gender non-conforming people and just having multi-gendered friendships. My friend group, which consists of one cisgender guy, two cisgender women, and one non-binary person, were interested in TCNJ's campus town apartments. So naturally, as anyone does, um, you go to the company's application portal and you fill out an application. On our applications, of course, we put our um, pronouns we use and gender that we identify on as the application and submit it. The next day, we were told to create a roommate group where it groups together all the people you will have living together in the apartment you wish to have next semester. And it wasn't letting us create this roommate group despite um, Campus Town advertising that you could have co-ed roommate groups. So I contacted the uh, landlord and he initially said that we couldn't um, create this roommate group on our own because we were co-ed, which again, we didn't understand because they advertised we could be co-ed. So um, he, excuse me, the landlord fixed it individually and added us all together because their system couldn't handle having co-ed people and couldn't um, handle having a non-binary person as well. Um, Another issue arose when the non-binary person needed to become the group leader because a group leader is the one who um, has the earliest time slot for the application and would be able to see which houses or which apartments are available first. So we couldn't elect the non-binary person to be the group leader because we found out of their gender. We appreciated that the landlord was able to individually add us all to a roommate group, but we were unpleased to find out that this was at the expense of our gender identity. What he had told us was that their um, 
application portal system and database wasn't compatible to be gender inclusive. So therefore, in order for us to all be a roommate group, we had to be all labeled as female despite our each individual gender identities. And in addition, the non-binary person who had to become the group leader also had to be labeled as female um, because it wouldn't allow a non-specified gender as anyone on the application. In the moment when the landlord told the non-binary person that they weren't able to become group leader because of their gender, so he fixed it, um, they had no other choice but to come out to the landlord and explain why they didn't specify gender on their application. And as Adam Eli mentions in his book, New, The New Queer Conscience, it's really um, tough for individuals and LGBTQ plus people to come out. So it's really important that they have the ability to come out at their own time. This obviously was not the case with the landlord because he was asking why there wasn't a specified gender on the application and thus claiming to make his life more difficult for our application process. Adam Eli would agree that coming out on other people's terms and not your own and having to disclose your identity when you didn't originally want to can be really harmful because it can leave a traumatizing effect on the person and it really strips them from their own sense of identity and feels like you always need to explain identity to other people. From these issues of the landlord misgendering people and forcing the non-binary person to come out at their expense and having housing application database and like information systems not be compatible for gender inclusive gender inclusivity um it should come at no surprise that the new jersey transgender task force um reported that higher education and housing were two areas where transgender people and gender non-conforming people really struggled in comparison to the rest of the public. This task force highlighted that for many transgender and gender non-conforming people, uh, college campuses were really um, an area of struggle and non-comfort because oftentimes there are sex-segregated restrooms and sex-segregated housing, which uh, limits the amount of housing options they have. In addition, um, they really don't have much of a choice on certain school IDs and student records as for their chosen name and chosen gender identity. It's notable that on-campus housing does offer GIH, which stands for Gender Inclusive Housing. However, my friends and I didn't want to take that option because they limited us to a specific building that wasn't as desirable for us. This task force also recognized that housing was an area of inequality, as in a New Jersey survey, nearly a quarter of them indicated that they faced housing discrimination, such as being evicted from their home or being denied in a home or an apartment because of their transgender gender identity. Fortunately for my friends and I, our landlord did accept our application and we will be living on TCJ's campus town next semester. But after the experiences with um, incorrect pronoun usage and incorrectly identifying us on the with our gender, 
it makes plenty of sense that landlords can be frightening to um, gender inclusive um, groups and people. So it comes in also no surprise that transgender homelessness is way larger than it should be. In order to resolve these issues, there needs to be better policies in place that hold landlords accountable for better inclusivity for transgender, especially non-binary people, and just overall gender inclusive um, roommates. And there definitely needs to be better updates to certain applications and online systems that fully recognize the fluidity there is in gender and doesn't limit um, applications and such to such rigid binaries. I think that campus and housing groups also need to recognize that heteronormativity, uh, in addition to strict gender and sexuality binaries, um, really present more unnecessary challenges for the LGBT community like my friend group. All of us either identify as queer or bisexual, and we've really created what the LGBT community often refers to as a chosen family. We really wanted to stick to our chosen family for housing next semester, and that's why we went about um, trying to all live together. Um, Jacob Tabia, in his book, Sissy really uh, defines chosen family well as just any uh, group that you can really understand each other with and always know that you're in a safe place for an acceptance. For Tobia, he always, you know, referenced his charts actually as his chosen family. However, these chosen families and friendships can really be um, harmful once these friendships can be romanticized. For example, Tobia, at a young age, references that his friendships across multiple gendered um, people are often romanticized and therefore really stripping away some of the chosen family aspect and safety. I think that this romanticization of opposite gender friendships, which really implies heteronormativity, is honestly the like hidden reason why college campuses don't broadly allow gender inclusive housing arrangements. Um, they make it that you can only live with the same gender in the idea that um, at the same time you're straight. But with more research today, this is not always the case or the norm because researchers are identifying that um, sexuality and gender are a lot more fluid in the public than we think. A certain study shows that nearly half of respondents didn't particularly identify as straight or gay, uh, but rather they identified as a non-binary sexuality, such as either just queer or bisexual or even pansexual. Um, the reasoning behind this, researchers say, is one, just because they really focus on personality rather than genitalia when it comes to attraction and sexuality. And also, um, these non-binary sexualities are more inclusive to non-binary genders. Regardless of the reasoning, it's been proven that sexuality and gender are much more fluid. And because of this, housing policies should not conform to heteronormativity, and they also should not only have sex-segregated housing. If there's one thing I want you to take away from listening to this podcast, it's that gender and sexuality are really a lot more fluid and complex than we originally think. And because of this, it can be really harmful to put certain binary categories on gender and sexuality experiences. We need to ask ourselves, how do we apply what we learn to address certain issues in the LGBTQ plus community? 
For example, we saw that housing, whether on campus or not related to college campuses, really need better systems and landlords that are more inclusive to gender diverse people. And overall, we need to take this inclusivity into every aspect of our lives. My personal experiences, along with other research, reveals that there needs to be a greater systematic effort through policy improvement. Policy reform uh, will make colleges and universities listen to and act on the needs of their LGBTQ plus students. It'll also decrease or it'll also decrease transgender housing discrimination and ultimately allow us to better appreciate the diversity in gender and sexuality and welcome and understand gender inclusive friendships like my own. I hope you enjoyed and thank you for listening.